You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 12. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It, a weekly podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. Just a few reminders, the show notes for this week's episode will be available at howdoesshedoitpodcast.com slash 12. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at howdoes underscore she do it. You can join the email list and like the Facebook page if you go to facebook.com slash howdoesshedoitpodcast. There'll be a button on the Facebook page that says sign up. You can join the email list that way. Or you can um, go to How Does She Do It Podcast, How Does She Do It Podcast dot com slash email, and you can join the email list there. And the purpose of the email list is just to be able to give you updates, to find out information about um, things that I'm doing outside of the show that I'd like, you know, the listeners to be able to have access to, or new things that I'm doing for the show. So just send me an email. Um, or join the email list and you will be able to find out uh, about those things by joining the email community. And as always, thank you for leaving your ratings and reviews. Please continue to do so. The purpose of the ratings and reviews is to help increase the show's exposure in the iTunes store. Um, I don't know if you remember a few episodes back, I was in the new and noteworthy section. And I would love to get back there. This way that people who I don't know personally or who you haven't shared the show with will be able to find the show via iTunes. So leave a five-star rating and review in the store. And just let me know what you enjoy about the show if you have suggestions any of those kinds of things, I would love to hear it. And as always, you're more than welcome to send an email to Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. You can send me questions that you'd like me to answer on the show or just send me feedback, um, and I greatly appreciate it. So uh, hopefully I'll hear from you soon. So with this week's Just My Thoughts, I had a lot of things to say about Justice Scalia and Roberts and their the current um, attack on affirmative action in higher education um, in the Fisher v. Texas, rather Fisher v. University of Texas at Austin. If you don't know um, what I'm referring to, Last Wednesday, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments for the appeal of the uh, related to the University of Texas, uh, their use of race in the admissions process. So I'll post a link to the show notes in the show notes rather to an article related to that. But what I've been thinking about is the Twitter reaction or the internet, maybe not just say Twitter, but the internet reaction to Aisha Curry's series of tweets related to clothing and dressing. And I, if again, I will also have a, a post in the sh- uh, link in the show notes to the tweets themselves, as well as, um, you know, maybe a few articles about the response. But what Aisha Curry, and I'm going to read a few of the tweets so you can just get a concept. So this was on December 5th. She tweet, she tweeted, everyone's into barely wearing clothes these days, huh? Not my style. 
I like to keep the good stuff covered up for the one who matters. Another tweet follows says, just looking at the latest fashion trends, I'll take classy over trendy any day of the week. Hashtag Saturday Night's Insight. Then she says, all I'm doing is sitting here reading Style Weekly. You guys definitely entertain me, that's for sure. Regardless of if you like my, quote, style of clothes or not, uh, which I don't care, please do not tear women down and degrade them, not cool peeps. So these series, these, these tweets, those four tweets came over between December 5th and 6th. And I happened on Twitter and saw like all of this stuff about what she was saying. And I was like, wait, what is going on here? And basically there was this reaction to her expression of, I guess, what's being called modesty. And people took offense, it seems, to the idea that she was talking about not showing her body. And I was just, I've just been really confused by a strong reaction to someone's opinion about wearing clothes. Because it, the way that some of it seems to me is that the response was as though her tweets were in judgment of women who don't wear clothes. And you can argue whether that's, that is the case or not. Either way, she's stating her opinion. And I think the idea that one should be attacked because she wants to wear, not re wear re revealing clothing or wear or be covered up for her husband. I, I just don't, I just don't understand the confusion or rather I just don't understand the offense that was taken to that uh, statement. And I think most particularly because in that, and I don't, and, and I've done, I follow her on Twitter. I've, I follow, I rather, I follow her on Instagram and I've never been, I've never gotten the sense that she was very, you know, um, you know, over the top as far as like, like placing her beliefs on people. She's kind of just, she, she just seems to be kind of living her life. But I think the response is what, what's interesting about the response is, is that it seems like people were, took her expression of her opinion about what clothes she likes to wear and her observations of what is fact in fashion, as as I see it, uh, as judgment. And I just think that that was very interesting. I read her tweets. I didn't see anything wrong with it. And it, maybe it's because I don't, you know, wear too, you know, particularly revealing clo clothing. If you, I mean, maybe you could say that I do. I do wear bikinis on the beach, but I, even that makes me uncomfortable. So I wear like a cover up half the time, whatever. But um, yeah, I just think it's it's just what we have come. And I think I, I was having, exchanging some um, tweets with a friend of mine. And he mentioned that it's like, you can be attacked just for having an opinion. And yes, there are opinions on the internet that are inflammatory and that are hateful. Um, but even when something is seemingly as benign as this, it's just like she just took so much heat for it. And and again, I am, you know, I don't know her personally. I just think that it's it's interesting that if you have a choice, you make a choice about what you wear, that people who may be in favor of wearing less clothing, it should be more okay for them to talk about that than it is okay for people to talk about wearing more clothing. And that's just interesting. So um, yeah, those are really just my thoughts on that. I've been wanting to talk about that. I thought about writing about it, but I couldn't really put it into the kinds of words that I wanted to say. So I hope you followed me there. If you didn't, my apologies. I may have rambled a little bit, 
But those are just my thoughts for this week. I want to start this episode with a bit of a disclaimer. I really, really enjoy my job. I love the people that I work with. I love my organization. And I'm just a 30-something that's trying to figure out my way in this world and trying to help others do the same. So with that said, let's get on with the episode. I made that disclaimer uh, because I want to talk about pursuing passion, pursuing purpose, and how those relate to the work that we do every day. And I, you know, obviously I'm trying to say I'm not trying to leave my job right now. So with that said, in preparing for this episode, I googled two different statements, pursuing your passion and pursuing your purpose. And I came up across a lot of different articles, but I want to highlight um, just a few, the just the names of the articles alone, and I'll link to the articles themselves in the show notes so you can read them for yourself. But related to passion, the first thing that the things that I found were how to pursue your passion without sacrificing your sanity. The second, the top eight reasons you're going broke pursuing your passion. And the third, following your passion is crappy advice. And related to pursuing your purpose, I came across titles like how to find the courage to follow your purpose, go straight for the joy and follow your purpose. And the third is how to read the three signs telling you your purpose in life. And so I know that the Google search results are a direct function of the search itself. So, you know, but just rock with me. So after doing that, then I was like, you know what? In my mind, I feel like I've heard passion and purpose kind of used interchangeably. So I had to ask, you know, my boo, Merriam Webster, what he or she, it had to say about passion and purpose. So purpose, according to Merriam Webster, is defined as the reason why something is done or used, the aim or intention of something, the feeling of being determined to do or achieve something. The aim or goal of a person, what a person is trying to do, become, etc. Whereas passion, here is the definition of a passion, a strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something or about to do something. A strong feeling such as anger that causes you to act in a dangerous way. Or third, a strong sexual or romantic feeling for someone. Now, just taking on surface value just those two definitions there are a lot of different there are a lot of differences between the two of them and so without going too much into it i think when we are listening to mainstream conversations or this this push for knowing what your passion is knowing what your purpose is and i think that the main thing that i want to emphasize is that this discussion is not about the definition of passion or purpose and whether one is right or wrong or whether you should be following one versus the other. The idea is all about the the ideas that we are following something and we're looking for fulfillment and for satisfaction for something that is bigger than ourselves. So, you know, whether you call it passion, purpose, fulfillment, seeking gratification in your career, looking for a calling, which is something that Jeff Goins refers to in his book, Art of Work, which is something which is a book that I highly recommend. And I'll highlight a few points of it um, in this episode and in other episodes. But I think I just want to talk about, you know, as we finish out 
this year and this in the spirit of reflection, thinking about, you know, what your where you are right now in your career, where you are right now in the work that you do, and are you happy there? And I just want to I'll highlight just a bit of what my my journey was to from leaving the profession that I spent so much money um, gaining the education and and working towards finding more gratification in work that I enjoy in a different way. And it's not to say that I've arrived. It's not to say that I have everything that I want in the job that I currently have, but it's a matter of looking for the things that we are skilled at, as well as the things that we hope to be able to contribute and the things that we enjoy doing. One of the criticisms that we, I feel like I hear at least about our generation, this, the millennials, people who are aged, um, what, 18 to roughly 31 to 33 to 34, depending on the measure that you're looking at. And there are, I actually think that a more accurate measure is about the year that you were born, because of course, people will be turning 18 and they won't be in the millennial generation. But um, the idea that we almost, sometimes the criticism makes it sound like we almost have the nerve to want to enjoy the work that we do, or that we feel entitled to feel fulfilled in the work that we do every day. And I think that those concepts sometimes get us in trouble. And I think in the sense that there is, and I was listening to another podcast, uh, I think it was last week, and I remember the young lady was talking about her journey. And she said, you know, I want to wake up and be basically be thrilled to spend eight hours doing whatever it is I'm going to be doing. And the idea that people, there are there are people in this world who enjoy every minute of every day of the work that they do. And that is great. But it's about you. No matter what we do, there are probably going to be things about the jobs that we have that are going to annoy us and that we're not going to enjoy. So I say that as a as sort of a caveat to the idea of doing work that is fulfilling or doing work that is is more aligned with your values and the things that you want. Because when I remember, as I was thinking about making the transition to leaving uh, leaving practice. One of the things that I had to do was I had to really pay attention to the motivation for my reason for leaving. And I think that as we consider the idea of assessing where we are in our careers, trying to figure out what that next step might be, it's important to think about the why. Why are you even asking those questions right now? Because the the why, that reason, can help determine the next steps that you take going forward. Because if it's a matter of just salary, for example, that might drive your decision to move into another position. Or if it's because the work that you're doing is not fulfilling to you or it it, it conflicts with some of the um, you know values that you have, then that's going to drive a decision in a different direction. And so I think that there are some questions that we can ask ourselves as we're thinking about what what where we are right now. And I think I, I started this episode by saying that in although I, I do enjoy the work that I'm doing right now, I've been having this this internal battle with trying to walk into 
in my purpose. And so, and again, that goes back to the whole cliched idea. Not, and I don't even want to call it cliche because I, it's not to downplay the significance of the idea of living in what you are called to do if you if you figured out what that calling is. I think my purpose in this life is to be a change agent. And that is a, just very simple. That was a concept that I learned when I was getting my master's in social work. But the idea that I want to help organizations and individuals move from where they are to where they hope to be to improve on their situation, whether it be sort of structurally, organizationally, or on the individual level related to people's relationships or careers and those kinds of things. And and when you think about being a change agent and, and creating that kind of impact, what does that look like? For me, it looks like asking hard questions, encouraging dialogue, using my story as a spark for others to share and learn from their own coaching, speaking, uh, and trying to encourage people to see themselves and how they relate to others in a different way. And even if that means sometimes having to step out of a comfort zone or do things that make us uneasy or are not typical. And so when, when I think about, when I was thinking about the decision for me to leave the my work as a litigator, some of those things came into play. And I was like, okay, well, what kind of career can I have that's going to touch on some of those things? And for me, academia was that first step because academics and just working in an institution, generally speaking, it's a, it's a, it's a place for a lot of thought. It's a place for a lot of conversation. It's a place for, it's an opportunity to touch lives in a more kind of direct way. And at least in, in, as compared to uh, corporate law. And so that was why I, I took the, the, that first step. And, it, and now, as I think about where I am right now, I'm, I'm in a period of reassessment and reevaluating how what I'm doing in my work every day, how that work aligns with those things that are my purpose. And the conclusion that I'm coming to, not even a conclusion, but the point that I have to bring myself to remember is that not there is a time for everything. And, and just because I have this, this burning desire, um, shout out to my line sister, to make sure that my life's work involves those things that I mentioned, it does not mean that I have to leave my job in order to do that right now. And so what I encourage all of us to do is even in the situation that we're in right now, sometimes it may not be as simple as just as walking away to start your own business or, you know, finding another job because some that takes months. It takes, you know, sometimes six months to a year or longer in order to find a new opportunity. And when and so if you can't get a new situation, change the situation that you're in adjust the perspective of the situation that adjust your perspective of the situation that you are in and the way that you do that is for example in my last position and I'll talk more about this um, in more specific detail in a future episode I was able to to have my job title changed to incorporate some of the work that I was already doing and I was in an, and I was in an environment where I had a, a boss who was supportive enough to help me and to encourage me to do that. But at that point, I wasn't able, I wasn't ready to leave the organization, but I knew that there were things that were important to the work that I was trying to do and that were already um, a part of the work that I was already doing. So I figured, so I thought like, well, how can I 
change the situation that I'm in to align to the values and the goals and the thing, the work that I want to do and that I find meaning in. And so as you think about, you know, um, and again, maybe this time of year is not a time for reflection for you as the way that it is for me. But as you think about even in, you know, maybe not right now, but in the next couple months, what it is about the job or the position that you hold right now that you do not enjoy or that you want, you know, what you want more um, for and that you want more of something else in the work that you do, maybe let's figure out how we can have conversations with the powers that be or try and initiate or propose a new project or, you know, maybe shift, propose a title to a different um, job description or job title. And, and, and I'll talk again, have more practical uh, advice related to those things. But I think that there is often pressure to feel like we have to leave where we are or we are we can't use the place that we are right now in order to to fulfill the things that are important to us or to gain the things that are important to us and i think that i encourage you to take a step back to just see where you are and how you can use where you are to get you to where you want to be and that may or may not mean having to leave your organization but it might mean using the situations that you have and using the projects that you work on the people that you work with to help you create and recreate the the job that you have in a way that of course doesn't abandon your current job responsibilities that doesn't you know completely disrupt and overturn um systems that are already in place or Unless that's that might be required, unless the the system is calling for an overhaul, but you you know you want to make sure that you're you're being professional and that you're being appropriate and that you're having the having appropriate conversations. But at the same time, you you'll never know what you can get if you don't ask. You never know. I mean, like I when I re, I remember how. In my mind, it sounded crazy to change my job title like that. I'd, I'd never known anyone to do that before without having to like actually get a new job. And I was given the opportunity to said, OK, well, go for it. Come up with something and let's see what happens. So I did some research. I put together a proposal and I was able to I had the support to be able to make that happen. Um, and so, you know, sometimes and even if that had if the situation had been different, then I would have had to reassess. I would have had to start all over again. I would have had to figure out what the new um, approach was going to be. But as we think about where we are and where we hope to be, as you think about your your the things that matter to you, as you think about your passions and your your purpose, don't feel as though you can't use where you are to fulfill and to and to bring some of those things into the work that you're doing right now. Or alternatively, you can use volunteer time, you can use time after work to gain some of those things. But I think that, and of course, this is all going to depend, you know, if your passion, if you feel like your purpose is to save whales, then, and you work in an office, that might not necessarily be the best way to do that. Or you can organize a fundraiser or something like that. But, you know, I hope you understand, you know, I'm not trying to say it's everything is not, you know, every position that we have is not going to allow for this kind of flexibility or this kind of integration, so to speak, of some of the things that matter to us. But I think that 
is sometimes with a little creative thought and a willingness to put yourself out there a little bit in a way that doesn't jeopardize your um, your re- reputation or your standing within the organization that you might be able you might be pleasantly surprised if you can get more from where you are. And I know I spent a lot of time in this episode talking about the idea of knowing or fulfilling your passion and your purpose, but I just want to read a part of uh, Jeff Goins' book that, I, again, I encourage you to get. It's called The Art of Work. I'll put a link in the show notes um, so you can purchase it. But um, one of the chapters opens with this quote, discovering your calling is not an epiphany, but a series of intentional decisions. It looks less like a giant leap and more like building a bridge. And you can replace the word calling with whatever word is comfortable for you. But I think the point of this chapter, and as you go on further to read, is that we have this misconception or this idea that people just wake up one day knowing what they want to do. And it took me at minimum nine years, and you could argue really my whole life, to get even an inkling into the what I think my kind of what I, one of the things that I'm supposed to be doing here when I'm, while I'm on this earth. And so, and I am, a you know, a young, if you can, you know, some people call me young, some people call me old, depending on how old you are. But either way, the idea is not that you have to know right now what that is. And the idea of finding what that thing is for you is more like building a bridge and not a giant leap. It's about paying attention to the things that have happened to you in your life. And one of the things that this book talks about is listening to your life and looking for the lessons and the connections and the things that have that are you may have overlooked just because you're you're just going through every day. But when we take some time for quiet reflection, when we spend some energy really thinking if you know if this is something that you're looking for then chances are there are hints that have been left along the way. And it might not be, you know, as clear as a bright neon sign with an arrow pointing to the word, you know, um, whatever insert career or desired, you know, outcome here. But it is there are strings of connection and there is it's almost like a like weaving a blanket, so to speak. So don't stress out or feel like. If you don't know what it is that you want to do right now, that something is wrong or you're behind schedule or anything like that, just take your time. Just think about building that bridge across the different experiences that you've had in your life and things will start to come together and the picture will become more clear for you. I think that wraps it up for this week's episode of How Does She Do It? Thank you again for listening. If you haven't already done so in the time that you've been listening to the show, please leave a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store or on Stitcher or leave comments on SoundCloud. You're also able to do that and you can kind of leave them as you listen to the show. The comments that you leave will, will be left at the marker, at the minute marker, which I think is kind of cool. So if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, send an email to Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoAPodcast.com. I would love to hear from you. And until next week's episode, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace. Thank you.